quick tonight, right? Song, and then we're right into it. We've got some really good news uh, to report tonight. You guys know we've been praying and asking the Lord where our next location is going to be. And I have great news. We have another location to go to. We are not going to, yeah. We knew we wouldn't be homeless, but uh, we knew Jesus was homeless. We were a little afraid that perhaps maybe God might ask us to be homeless so we uh, can identify with our Savior at a whole new level. But thankfully, we're going to be moving just across town. So those of you that live on the north side of Hutto, we're coming to your territory. Yeah, so we'll be on the north side, uh, right near the uh, the co-op at Hutto Bible Church. And so we're going to be transitioning to Hutto Bible Church on March the 3rd, same time, all that kind of good stuff. Student ministry is still on Tuesday nights, same time, just in a different location. And uh, we are really, really grateful to Pastor Bobby uh, and the team there, the elders and their staff. They've been incredible uh, in the process of working out all the details and everything. Because you know, y'all, we're, we're not the easiest group of people because we got a lot going on. You know, we have a, a pretty high demand when it comes to uh, location and things like that. And so we're really grateful to Huddle Bible being willing to graciously open their doors and let us uh, gather there. And uh, it's going to be a special time. So you guys mark your calendars, March 3rd. We got three weeks. All right. So on March 3rd, we'll be there. Instead of here, we'll tell you all the details. Uh, over the next few weeks, we've got everything. Well, we will have it all lined out and we'll make sure that you know everything you need to know in order for that Sunday to be a great great first Sunday in the new location for us. So good stuff. Uh, good stuff ahead for sure. Uh, so, all right. So um, there's uh, lots of movies out that have the story of the hero that sacrifices life in order for the people in which he's come to protect, to care for, to rescue, in order for, to live. We know it's the greatest story ever told. And the reason that these movies are so... Um, well, there's, there, there's such a, a movies that we're drawn to and we connect with. It's because Christ wrote these stories on our heart. He wrote his story on our heart and any good movie, any good story follows the same storyline. And so we've talked about this on a regular basis, uh, but there's a movie called Interstellar. Uh, you may have watched it, I don't know, but there's it's astronauts and robots and all these kind of things. And one thing that's interesting that's striking in this is the attitudes and the actions of the robots. Attitudes and actions of the robots, they show us what it looks like whenever somebody is obedient, especially when it comes to being sacrificial. Oftentimes, they were willing to sacrifice themselves so that the people that they were caring for would be able to live. And it's the Jesus story. It's, it's Christ's uh, story right there on a screen. You know, here we are tonight. We're finishing up this series that we've been calling The Gospel BC or The Gospel Before Christ. And um, uh, we, we went all the way back to creation. And there's some truths that we've discovered over the last five weeks, tonight being the sixth. Uh, first of all, we learned uh, in the Garden of Eden, God promised Jesus. We learned that in the very moment when sin entered into the world, there was a solution and there was hope and there weren't gonna be left in darkness. The light of the world was coming and he promised Jesus in that moment. We also learned the following week that God promised to take our punishment whether we uphold our end of the covenant bargain or not. God still said, I'll take the punishment if I mess up or if you mess up. Well, we know God wasn't gonna mess up. We definitely did and therefore God fulfilled uh, his promise to take our punishment. What we learned is that when we place our faith in the Lord, 
we, at least a life transformation. Everything in life completely transforms um, when we place our faith in the Lord. And the cool thing is, is just a couple of weeks ago, we went through this, the beauty that God's, um, God's heart is for all people, Jew, Gentile, everything in between, every single one of us. God's heart is for all people. In so doing, we also learned that we can't manipulate God. His favor can't be bought, can't be manipulated. So if we're trying to do this so that we get that, or we're trying to do that so that God does this, it doesn't work that way. That's not how that plays out. And so God's favor can't be bought or manipulated. But then last week, we had a heavy hitter. And the heavy hitter is that Jesus' death protects us from death. When we say yes to Jesus, our, our eternal soul begins to live heaven on earth and just transitions to paradise for all eternity when these bodies cease to exist here on this earth. And there's this, the beauty that because Jesus died, we get life. And his death ultimately protects us from death and eternal separation from God. So tonight we're finishing up uh, the good news, the gospel before Jesus, uh, that Jesus's sacrifice, through his sacrifice, we experience healing. And we're going to see this um, in Isaiah chapter 53, and uh, we're going to see how this was prophesied before Jesus ever walked the earth. And so Isaiah 53, 3 through 6, uh, this is, while you're turning there, this is another important prophecy that just helps us to, to know that all of Scripture, Old Testament to maps, right, it's all about Jesus, and it points us to the Savior of the world. Uh, and so uh, all of Isaiah 53, it brings to light Jesus, his work, his character, and it describes Jesus as a phrase that we don't really like to think of Jesus as, but the suffering servant. We recognize he had to suffer for us. We recognize that he came to this earth to serve, not to be served. Uh, and he is the suffering servant. Well, this phrase, this understanding started long before Jesus ever was here on earth. So let's begin in Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse one. Isaiah prophesies, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. That's an interesting description of Jesus, isn't it? Verse three, he was despised and rejected by mankind. And here it is, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. He identifies with our pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, according to the way of the world, right? Stricken by God, afflicted. But he actually was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And here's what we all have to understand, this prophecy. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, there's some things that we want to highlight, okay, just, just to bring to our attention through these first six verses. First of all, Jesus was despised 
by humanity. He wasn't like Saul, who Saul was the leader that everyone wanted to follow because he was handsome, he was tall, he was dark, he was a warrior. He was all the things that people were longing to follow. He was the one that people, they saw as a savior for them. Jesus, on the other hand, was despised, especially by the religious leaders. So the church people, he was despised by them. He was rejected by those who were closest to him. I know many of you in this room, you've experienced that. You've experienced somebody close to you betraying you. Jesus gets that. He was rejected by those closest to him. Consequently, he was a man of sorrows. He gets us. He gets you and me. On the cross, Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. This prophet Isaiah, he foresaw that God would place the burden of humanity, the iniquity of our sin on this suffering servant. And by doing so, Jesus endured our griefs and Jesus carried our sorrows. Now, the thing we have to ask is, how do we know that the suffering servant was Jesus? I mean, how do we know that Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus? Well, we draw the connection. There's a couple of places in the New Testament that really put this together. One of those is Philippians chapter two. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, describing Jesus. Here's what he said. Jesus being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is one of those understandings that by his wounds we are healed. One of the evidences that the, that the man of suffering, the suffering servant, was Jesus. We also know through the story of Philip um, and the Ethiopian eunuch, which if you're not familiar with what a eunuch is, a eunuch is a guy, um, a man, who was um, oftentimes given the responsibility <clears throat> to care for uh, the queen, or even uh, a, a high-ranking female. And, uh, and the reason that they were a eunuch uh, was because that way the king could trust the eunuch to not try to make moves on the queen. Because the eunuch was one that could not bear children, and the main reason was because he was castrated. He had no reproductive uh, uh, organs and uh, and so he was not able to he was not able to to have children uh, pretty rough way that they typically went about this they usually took bricks yeah right mm. feeling the pain gentlemen yeah praise God you're not a eunuch huh yeah yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty rough go um, but there's this story of this eunuch that was a very high ranking. I mean, he was the one that was caring for not only the queen, but the, the queen that was responsible for finances of the kingdom. And so this was a very important position. And this eunuch was um, in this space where 
um, Philip was encouraged to go. And Philip ended up going to that space. And as he was in that space and on that road, he met this Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian was reading out of Isaiah. And, uh, and as he was reading, what ended up happening was is that he didn't understand what the passage was all about. And Philip explained to him what the passage was all about. The eunuch then, or the Ethiopian then, placed his faith in the Lord uh, and, uh, and, and received baptism as a result. And so it was a life transformation that took place there. One of the things that we learn in this was that the story that Philip and the Ethiopian were talking about was talking about Jesus as the suffering servant. And so we know that the story of Philip and the Ethiopian teaches us that the suffering servant is Jesus. Now, here's the interesting thing about this Ethiopian. He received healing. We read this in Scripture that he received healing. Well, what kind of healing are we talking about? Because as he received healing, he, was, he put his faith in Jesus, he was baptized. He was not healed of his physical affliction. His body wasn't restored to its prior status, but yet he is still described as healed. And that's because he was healed in his relationship with God. There was a big thing going on at the time. Ethiopians were forbidden from worshiping God. They were forbidden from worshiping God. But because Jesus came to this earth, the suffering servant who took on the sin, took on the pain, took on all the hurts of everybody of all time, past, present, and future, because of Jesus, this Ethiopian was able to have a relationship with the Lord and worship God freely. Because Jesus came not only for Jews, he came for Gentiles alike. Jesus changed everything. And so as a result, we can see in this New Testament passage, we see that this suffering servant that we read about in Isaiah 53 was indeed Jesus. See, this is what's healing by the suffering servant. This is what it looks like. Healing, a lot of times we think about healing and we think about physical healing. We pray for physical healing. And of course, the Lord wants to hear our prayers. And of course, God can heal physically. But we also recognize that healing is, is far more than just the things of this earth being restored or the things of this earth changing. By Jesus's wounds, we are healed. Here's what this, the healing is relational and spiritual restoration of humanity's relationship with God. That's healing. Therefore, we can endure anything here on this earth, the highs and the lows and everything in between when our relationship with the Lord has been healed. So it's kind of like what we learned through, through the story of Naaman, uh, where we learned that you can't manipulate God uh, in order to get what you want. Uh, see, we also learned through that same story that God doesn't promise to help you avoid the challenges of life. God promises to be with you throughout them. A lot of folks would think Jesus came and why do bad things happen to good people? Well, God never promised that bad things weren't gonna happen. In fact, he said, there's a lot of hard stuff that's gonna happen, but take heart, I've overcome the world. 
He never promised that we're not going to have hard things and challenges. He just promised that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. Blessed are those, why? Because I am with you. I've got you. I'm with you. So what this means for us tonight, Jesus can heal your hurts. It's totally possible. Jesus can heal your hurts, but be careful the way you receive that. Be careful and be cautious that you're not looking at that through a self-serving healing. Jesus can heal your hurts. That doesn't mean that the evidence of the hurts cease to exist. It doesn't mean that your body won't remember the hurts. Your body likely will remember the hurts, just like that Ethiopian eunuch. Hopefully in different ways than he experienced it. But by Jesus' wounds, you are healed. What it means is hurts no longer have control over you. You are not defined by your hurts. You are not defined by your pain. That's not who you are. Healing, it's all about the future. Once you, but see, before Christ, your past defines you. Before Christ, it's all about the past. The enemy loves for you to live in the past. Bring up all that stuff and tell you how unworthy you are to, for Christ's love and for God's love. The past defines you, and oftentimes the present is what drives you. The here and now, instant gratification, satisfaction. Those are the things that drive you. Once you receive Christ, you can learn from your past and you can move forward from it. See, once you receive Christ, everything becomes about your future. It's all about your future. Yes, your past is about your future. Your present is about your future. We're talking about eternity. And so tonight, we want to make sure that our minds are thinking accurately. They're thinking appropriately. Healing is about your future. It's about your eternity. Yeah, it's about your future here on earth, but it's about like forever. One of my favorite illustrations, Francis Chan does a rope illustration. And I've got this for you. He does a fabulous job. I'm not going to try to recreate it. And so let's just watch this for just a moment. That's pretty good, huh? Healing is not about your past when you think about your life here on this earth. Some of you are here. Some of you are here. Some of you are here. Healing is not about that healing is all about this. It's all about all of eternity that we live for the Lord. And man, so many folks, your past defines you. The hurts in your life define you. They become identity. Jesus was pierced for your wrongdoings. He died on the cross for you. He was crushed for your vices. And by his wounds, your wounds that you created, your wounds that other people created in your life are healed. Y'all, God sent Jesus to this earth. Jesus crushed Satan. The sin of our past and the sin of others that has impacted us negatively, Jesus crushed that. He crushed Satan. Jesus overcame all hurts, including the darkest of hurts, which is death. He overcame all of it. 
And the cool thing about all of this, you get heaven. You get heaven because Jesus died. Not you get heaven because you died. Not because life's been so hard on you here on this earth, you get heaven. Not because you've done all the right things, you get heaven. No, you get heaven because Jesus gives you heaven. Man, it's powerful and it's awesome. Now here's the kicker. Live like it. Do we live like it? Are we living like this gospel is freedom? Or do we keep stringing Jesus back up on the cross? Do we keep putting him back on the cross because we keep going back and living back here when Christ came so that we get all of this in paradise forever? Do we keep stringing him back up on the cross? It's time for him to not have to be on the cross. We got to live like this. It's time to stop living according to your pain, to stop living according to your hurts and letting those define you. Christ has taken those. Christ has died for all of those so that you can live and that you can be set free. It is important to stop letting the way of the past and the present define you. The past and the present don't define you. Eternity, that's what we live for. All of this, that's what we live for. Through Jesus' sacrifice, we can experience healing. But we also have the ability to just keep on putting him right back on the cross, don't we? Let's experience healing. Let's experience freedom. Let's experience what Christ came to this earth in order to give the storyline that every great movie follows. Can we not be guilty of just watching somebody else live life on a screen and live life free ourselves? This is why Jesus came. Not so that we can watch some story on a screen and think, that's a great storyline. I really liked that movie. No. We got to live the good news. Jesus has been being prophesied about long before Jesus ever walked this earth. And the truth that Jesus changed everything for all eternity still is the truth today. It will be the truth forever. So may we live the good news. May we live that Jesus came and he died and his death gives us life and gives us freedom. And may we understand that all of the gospel, all of scripture all of this good news tells his story, and it tells your story. So my hope is, is that not only do we live and understand the gospel before Christ, we look to eternity, and we think about what life is like in paradise. Father, we love you, and I pray, Lord, that as we spend dollars and as we eat food and as we, uh, we, we parent and as we uh, attend classes and as we befriend people and as we care for, for people who are, um, well, not cared for by a whole lot of folks, and Lord, we sacrifice and we lay our lives down and we do that, Lord, we understand that the whole reason we do that is for you. We don't do it so that it's for us here on this earth. We do it for you and we do it because Lord, you sent Jesus, you gave us what we didn't deserve and therefore we give people what they don't deserve. Lord, you give us forgiveness and we give forgiveness. You give us grace, we give grace. You give us mercy, we give mercy. Lord, we follow Jesus. And Lord, because we follow Jesus, we choose to follow and put ourselves on the cross 
and we die to ourselves so that others may live. Lord, I pray that we stop trying to live for comfort and convenience and safety and security, but Lord, instead we live for the gospel. We live for the truth that Christ came to set humanity free and to give paradise, not because we deserve it, but because he loves that much. So Lord, may we follow in your will and your way. And Lord, may we live the gospel as you brought it to us. We pray it through the name of Jesus. Amen.